Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is Jesus was a strange king. He was a strange king. The reason why he was strange is he didn't want anyone treating him like a king. That's strange. In in John chapter 6, he had over 5,000 people around him. They had been following him all day. They were hungry. And so he turns around and he takes two fish and five loaves. He blesses them and he begins to give it to the disciples for them to pass out. All of them received more food than what they needed. In fact, they had 12 baskets full of leftovers. All of a sudden, the people started realizing that Jesus was like no one they had ever met before. And Jesus began to perceive that they were going to make him their king by force. But this was not what Jesus wanted. He was a strange king. He didn't want to be their king at that time. He slipped away. He goes up into the mountains by himself. He gets on his knees and he worships the Lord. But in Matthew 21, he says, okay, you've wanted to make me king. I'm going to let you treat me as a king for one day. For one day, I'm going to let you treat me as a king. And so he says, go down the street. There's a gentleman down there who owns a donkey. Ask him if it's okay if we borrow it. And he gets on the donkey and he begins to ride it into Jerusalem. And the thousands of people that have been following him around for the last three years, people who have seen the healings, people who have seen the miracles, they are so excited that Jesus is finally accepting their invitation, if you want to call it that, because they were going to make him king. Finally accepting the invitation to be the king. And so as he's coming into Jerusalem, he's riding a donkey. There are people yelling praises from one side of the street to the other. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. Praises are going up like crazy. But it's so strange, even still, because he did not exercise a, 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 a droplet of his full authority. Never exercised it because he had unlimited authority. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see that he has done, he did at least, at least 38 miracles. But when John finished his gospel, in John chapter 21, verse 25, it's the last thing he wrote. He said, and Jesus did many more things than these. If we would have written them all down, the entire earth could not contain the books that would be written. 
Everywhere Jesus went, there were miracles, there were healings, there were signs, there were wonders. Everywhere he went, he had nature at his demand. In one case, in Mark chapter 4, he was in a boat and his disciples were in the boat. And they were in the middle of a massive storm. The boat was rocking back and forth. Waves were coming into the boat. This is not good for those of you that have ever been there. It's not good. The water is supposed to be outside the boat. It's coming into the boat. The disciples, they are losing their minds. They've got buckets trying to throw it out. They're paddling. They're yelling at each other. Jesus is in the back of the boat. If you read in Mark chapter 4 in the New Living Translation, it says this. And Jesus was laying down on a cushion. A cushion. Have you ever in your life felt like you were going through the storm of a lifetime and you think to yourself, hello, hello, what are you doing? I hope you're not in heaven with your head on a cushion because I need you. Have you ever been there? Say yes. Come on, let me hear you. Help me out. Say yes. Let me hear you one more time real loud. Yes. There you go. If you, if you yell back to me, I'll preach really, really short. Is that a good arrangement? It's a, <laughs> yes! He had nature at his demand. This is interesting. In John chapter 18, he was in the garden of Gethsemane in the middle of the night praying. As he was praying, there was rustling of branches. And all of a sudden, Roman soldiers and temple guards, like confused, crazy men, come through the forest, through the garden, looking for Jesus. They, they, can't, even, they can't even make out what he even looks like. They, they come up on him. They get through to the olive grove. Jesus looks at them. He says, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus the Nazarene. They're looking at him. And Jesus looks at them with their torches held high, with their lanterns on and their swords drawn. And he says, I am he. At the sound of his voice, they all fall to the ground. With such power to be able to stand at the helm of a boat and hear the wind and see the waves and say, be still. To say, I am he, and they all fall down. To do more miracles, signs, and wonders than a man can write down. He has all the power in the entire universe at his complete demand. If he wanted to, he could have got off that donkey and taken over all of Jerusalem with the wave of his hand. And then he could move from country to country, 
from kingdom to kingdom, from region to region, and taken over every land on the face of the earth. And anyone who were to oppose him would melt before him like sun melting snow. They would come right before him. It's so interesting to me that he had the opportunity to be king right then and he passed it up. And the reason why he passed it up is he could see clearly his assignment. If we, if you and I could get a glimpse, just a glimpse of our divine assignment in its fullest, we would realize at that moment that this world has nothing to offer us. You know, I feel like I'm a part of the greatest church on the planet. I really do. Do you feel like that? I really do. I really, really do. Not just because you're awesome, and you are. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm kind of awesome. Go ahead, just say, I'm kind of. I hate to say it, but somebody's got to. I'm kind of awesome. Not just because you're awesome. But here, Celebration Church in the Woodlands, at the end of every service, we pray for people who are sick, and we see healings Every single Sunday, we see miracles every Sunday. Now, yeah, let's go ahead and clap for that. Thank you. One person clapped. I mean, my goodness. It's a big deal. For the last three years, I don't know what's been going on, but God's just been healing people. But a few days ago, I got up real early before the sun came up, and I was telling God, Thank you so much for Sunday mornings. Thank you. But what about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What about Sunday night? There's people everywhere that need you and I know you love them. What can we do? What can we do? And about that time, the sun was coming up over the trees in my backyard. And I said, God, you're arranging for that sun to come up right now. You have everything at your control. We, we, I, I want to partner with you. I, I, I want to partner with you. I want to do more than just what we're seeing on Sunday mornings. A couple of days after that, I, I had to go to the doctors to get a physical. You know, they put that thing on your arm and they squeeze you to death. You know, I'm talking about, and you're like, okay, I can't move my fingers. Is that good enough? <laughs> Taking my blood pressure. And uh, I had a, a hat on, uh, and, and you have to wear masks inside of this um, you know, facility. And so I had a mask on, I had a hat on. And, and the, the young lady that was typing, she said, you know, what do you, wh- what's your occupation? And I'm like, here we go, right? I said, just click religion, right? Just click religion. And she goes, are you a pastor? <laughs> and I'm like, how? How? I said, yes, I'm a pastor. She goes, click. So she finishes the paperwork and she goes, what church do you uh, pastor? I said, Celebration Church. It's right down the street. And she said, oh yeah. I said, what what church do you go to? She tells me the church. That's an awesome church. I've heard about that church. That's a great church. 
She goes, you know, I came to your church once. And I was like, once, okay. I'd almost rather you come nuts than once. I said, okay, great, great. I said, well, if you, if you ever come back again, I'd love, I'd, I'd say hi to me. She was like, okay, sounds good. All right, the next lady will be in here to do whatever next. I said, okay, see you, ciao. Next lady, next lady, next lady. You guys know how it is, right? I go to the counter to pay. I got my insurance card out, my credit card, and the copay is like a zillion dollars. And so, <laughs> just kidding. And so, <laughs> that wasn't even necessary. Anyway, <laughs> the first girl that asked me if I was a pastor, she came out. And she's crying. And if you're here this morning, I would love to say hello to you. I'll be in the lobby right after the service. But she's crying. And I look at her. And the girls at the desk, obviously they're friends. She's, why are you crying? Why are you crying? What's wrong with you? And she, she's in the lobby with me. And she says, I don't know what's happening to me. She goes, I'm feeling drawn. That was her, her exact words. I'm feeling drawn. Like something's drawing me. I, I have to come to your church. I have to come to your church. She's crying. And I look at her and I think to myself, I recognize this. I see this every Sunday morning. When the Holy Spirit begins to touch a person and they're moved to tears because they can feel the presence of God. But I'm looking at them like, this is not church. This is not a Sunday morning. This is Tuesday at nine or whatever day it was last week. I recognize this. And so I give her the church information. I get in the truck. And before I even turn the keys on, I said, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know what your plan is. I don't know the stories behind the faces. But wherever I go, I want to partner with you, whether I'm in the church, out of the church, whether I'm at home, whether I'm away, whether I'm in town or out of town. I just want to partner with you every day. It's the only thing I care about. Are you with me? Put your hands together. That's what I'm talking about. Just the Holy Spirit just moving, just moving. See, Jesus, he, I got a glimpse. Jesus could see the whole scope. It's my heart's prayer for you this morning that you would ask God for a greater glimpse than what you have. And let me compel you to ask him for it with passion. Isaiah 62, verse 6, it says, Those of you who pray... Give yourself no rest and give God no rest until he completes his work. You get on your knees and you say, I am not going to give you any rest until you show me why you put me here. Are you with me? I'm not going to give you rest. I'm not. Every morning I wake up, Psalms 5-3, I lay the pieces of my life on your altar and I wait for the fire to fall. Every day, I'm not, get, I'm doing it every day until I get that glimpse. And once you get that glimpse, nothing else in this world will have anything to offer you because you're laser focused on what you saw 
in the glimpse. So Jesus was a strange king. He was a strange king because he didn't exercise any authority where he could have. What was the other thing that was strange is, is as he was coming into Jerusalem on the donkey, the procession was at best lame. He was riding a donkey. He wasn't coming in on a spotted stallion flanked by prancing horses. He was on a borrowed donkey. He didn't come in to the sound of a drumbeat in the blast of a trumpet. He was surrounded by men and women and children and he was satisfied with only the sound of their voices. See, the creator of the universe has a symphony of sounds coming around him all day, every day. Whether it's a crash of a waterfall or the birds medley at sunrise or the rustling of leaves being carried by wind down a cobbled stone street or the crackling of the sun that's set on fire by his fingertip. He has a symphony of sounds, but all of them are held silent the moment you worship him. Your worship silences everything else. It was brought blind Bartimaeus that was yelling, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, in the middle of a crowd. And he goes, somebody's calling me. He hears your voice. If you don't hear anything else today, hear me say this. It's your voice, your voice. Psalms 56, 9. The very day you call for help, the tide of the battle turns. It's your voice. And that's why all of hell tries to lock your jaw. You can't get your mouth open during some seasons just to say the name Jesus. It seems so hard. Because hell knows if all you say, if all you say, Jesus. The tide of the battle shifts. It's your voice. So even though the procession was so different, it was so strange. It was not new to Jesus because he wasn't trying to be king here. He was trying, he wasn't here. It was, it was here he was wanting to be king. And so may it be a donkey or a spotted stallion, it didn't matter. The crowd was strange. He was a strange king, but it was a strange crowd. I read some commentaries. No less than 3,000 people were surrounding him in Jerusalem when he was coming in on that donkey. And they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. There were people cheering and there were people jeering. There were these calloused hearts 
making fun of him. No doubt. Look at this man coming in on a donkey. If you want to be a king, at least find yourself a horse. There will always be people mocking. Always. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. He said, if I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. And so Jesus is coming in and there's people that are, they're they're mocking him, but there's people that are cheering him. And when they're cheering him, it's coming from a heartfelt place. No doubt the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years and had given all of her money to the physicians without remedy, she was there. Because it was her, she had to have grabbed somebody's sleeve and said, that's him, that's him, that's him, that's him, that's him. He didn't even talk to me, he didn't even touch me. He didn't even know I was coming. I just snuck up on him and grabbed his hem. And all of a sudden I could feel this virtue going through my body and I was healed. I bet you those 10 lepers... Even though they didn't come back, only one of them came back. But I bet you those 10 lepers, only one of them came back to say thank you at the time. But, but I think they were also in the crowd. And they were probably like a band of brothers. You know, guys cheer differently from girls. Girls are like, yeah! And guys are like, oh! So they probably had a chant, Jesus, Jesus. They probably had a chant. I say G, you say us, G. They they probably had something crazy going on. But they were so excited to see him. Because they were the ones that got cast out of the city. Because they looked disgusting. They were contagious and nobody wanted to be around them. They were, they were ostracized. They were sent out. They weren't allowed to be around their wife. They, weren't, they had to watch their kids grow up from afar. They had to hide in the mountains and sneak down without anybody noticing them just so they could get a glimpse of their own children. And then Jesus comes up and touches them and they were healed. They were in the crowd. Jesus! Hosanna, son of David! They were in the crowd. But you have to wonder, why were they worshiping and why were they yelling? Why were they cheering with such energy? They could have very easily just given a golf clap. They didn't have to go crazy. Or did they? See, worship is a reaction to his action. That's all worship is. Worship is when you think of something that he did and you respond. People who worship have great memories. They remember where they were and they remember what they could have been had it not been for the Lord. Is there anyone with me on that? If God didn't save you, If he didn't save me, where would we be right now? How many of us, if we could 
see our life on the screen 20 years ago, would we just run out of the room? I would. But that thought makes me think, oh, how I love you. The idea that every living thing is held in his hand and every breath of every human, according to Job 12.10, that idea causes a reaction of worship. And they were worshiping as a reaction. It's a reaction. See, worship is a reaction. And prayer is an accelerator. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When you are longing for the things that God has for you, when you pray, you accelerate it. That's a different sermon for a different day. But let's get back to this processional. So he's on a donkey. Every processional has to end at some point. They don't just keep walking to the end of the earth. There's, there's a reception at the end of the recessional. And so when he gets to the end in the heart of Jerusalem, what kind of reception do you think he had? Do you think, it can't help but to wonder, let's just use our imagination. Do, do we think that they were male and female servants walking around with with poles, with pomegranate fruit and grapes hanging so that they can come up to Jesus and hold it above his mouth so he can bite it off. Do we think that that's what the recessional looked like? That's not, we know that's not what it looked like. If he was interested in that, he would have came in on the spotted stallion. What did the reception look like? If they weren't full of servants and royalty... Who was waiting for them? I believe that that day when he got off the donkey, the disciples were doing what they have been doing for the last three years. They were ushers. They were taking all the blind people, all the blind people come over here. All the deaf people come over here and he began to heal them. And he had healed them all just like he always did. Because when the king comes, that's what he does. Can we give him a round of applause for that? When the king comes, that's what he does. I want to passionately tell you a couple things. Number one. You and I, at best, have a half of a fingernail's glimpse of how he wants to partner with us. It is my hope, it is my prayer that you are at a place in your life where you are frustrated. Now, if you're new here, you're like, you are a trash pastor because <laughs> any pastor that would wish for me to be in a frustrated season is not worth two cents. Well, I may not be worth two cents, but I still want you to be in a frustrated, disappointing season. 
Because if you are really disappointed, if you are really frustrated, and you are completely out of answers, though he should have been your first option, you will eventually turn to him as your last resort. And you will come to him and you will get on your knees and you would say, I must, I must. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Not dear God, please. No, that's good for praying for a bowl of frosted flakes. Dear God, please. Dear God, please bless the hands that made this. Really? Do you really? You really want the person in the Kellogg's factory that made the frosted flakes, you want to bring them up right now that their hands may be blessed. Really? Really? Dear Lord, bless the hands that made the frosted flakes and bless it unto my body. Really? Really? You're asking for a huge miracle right now. You want a, a bowl full of sugar to be blessed into your body as if in as, in, in as sugar down is protein. Just... I don't know how you're going to do it, but you did fish and loaves. Oh, I need you to do it again. Let this banana cake go in. <laughs> don't let it be here. Just let it be here. Let it be here. <laughs> dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord. There's prayers that are, dear Lord, please. And then there are prayers that are, God, you must. I'm not living this way anymore. It's not a threat. It's a cry. I can't live this way anymore. Isaiah 62, 6 says, Those of you who pray, give yourself no rest until God completes his work. I can't live like this anymore. This world has nothing to offer me. And every morning I wake up, I'll be back at it again. I'll be banging at your door. You know, a, a prayer, this is very transparent. I brought this up before the Lord a couple weeks ago. I was on my knees and I remembered Revelations 3.20 where it says, he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and dine with him. And I said, God, I'm the one knocking right now. Let me in. Let me in. I've already experienced a degree of his presence, but in my soul, I know there's more. Is there anyone here that's de experienced a degree, but in your soul, you're saying, I've got to have more. Am I talking to anybody or am I talking to myself? <laughs> got to have more. When people pray like that, he doesn't stand there and just smile at you. He promised what he would do. 
Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will call me, you will pursue me with your whole heart and you will find me. Let's watch a testimony of just one of the many testimonies that have happened over the past week. Next Sunday, if you're ever going to bring a friend to church, invite them on Easter, my God. Everybody knows that they can't skip church on Easter. They know deep down inside that it's a sin to skip church on Easter. So it, it, it's the easiest time to invite somebody to church because they know, they know. I might not get to go to heaven if I don't go to church on Easter. So invite them. But next Sunday, when I go to share this video, God healed somebody that was blind last Sunday. And that will be the testimony that we share. But this testimony, I remember this one. This one was special. Take a watch at this. So I was sitting in the sanctuary uh, last Sunday, and I was, uh, you know, it was towards the end of the, the service, and Pastor Frankie had a word of knowledge, and he was talking about, you know, he's looking for someone who had a pain in their wrist. And I kind of sat there and I did one of these things like this. And I was like, eh, not me. Couldn't be possibly be me. Um, and then he said, and then he said something about um, someone who had had a problem in their neck and had had trouble sleeping the night before. And my, my wife and daughter look over me and they go, that's you. And I said, that's me. Think and so I ran up and and Pastor Frankie said something to me about you know which one is it for you know which one is it and I said well it's both of them and that's when he had said to me you know he, he had said something about um, you know sometimes people um, experience a, a healing before I even pray for them just on their way up there and that's when all of a sudden it was like the whole physiological response of you know it's just felt this incredible feeling. And, you know, I felt my wrist and I was, that was it. There was nothing there. And I remember turning my neck to the side and I was like, wow, I can actually see to both sides without moving my entire body. And yeah, that was it. And then Pastor, Pastor Frankie prayed over me and it's been amazing ever since. You know, there's, there's been so many people that have been healed. And there's been so many of you that have prayed for people who have been healed. I want to share a scripture with you that is very, very important when it comes to healing. It's in Matthew 12, verse 43, where it says, When an unclean spirit is cast out of a person, like a, like a bat, like a bat from hell, it flies away. And then it comes to return. Some people have asked before, why is it that a sickness will go and then it comes back? Some, some sicknesses are like boomerangs from hell. You, you cast it out and it, it comes back. 
Those of you like me who fight depression, I'll feel the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I better stay alert because that particular battle, you don't fight it once. Comes right back. There are some sicknesses when God touches it and there's a healing. It's like a bullet that shoots out of you. And it never comes back. And that's wonderful. But there's others. It's not like a bullet that shoots out of you. No. Or like a sneeze. That's better. It's gone. Sometimes they're like boomerangs. And you don't doubt that you were healed. Well, you were healed. Problem is, is that we have an enemy that hates us with a relentless venom. In Genesis 4, 7, it says, If you do good, will you not be accepted? For if you do not do good, there is sin crouching at your door and its desire is for you. And we must master it. So in that, who's supposed to master it? Who is supposed to master it? No. We've sent you out before in the name of Jesus. Leave again in the name of Jesus. Don't ever doubt it. They're addicted to death. power of God it's you can't see it you can't touch it but just as sure as you feel the wind he's there why don't you all stand your feet I believe he's going to do something special in this room right now this is the part of the service I can't plan for just put your hands out like this if you would Leave the lights where they're at, please. What I want you to do is I want us to do exactly what Scripture says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, to, to look towards his face to the best of your ability. I want you to just raise your, ten, your chin to the best of your ability. I want you to try to see the face of Jesus to the to stretch your imagination as far as it will go and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Put your hands out like you're going to receive something. Is there anyone here that it's like a nasal drip where you're just swallowing a lot. It might be because of the pollen. I don't know. Or it's just, it's 
Sometimes when, when I've been sick and I'm laying in bed, I'm just like, there's drainage taking place. And so I'm swallowing, swallowing, swallowing drainage. Is there anybody here that's fighting that right now? Because I believe the Lord wants to just dry that up and heal you in a moment. Come come here, I'll pray for you. Pray for you. So, so it was her that I was talking about. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone here that you're, you're losing vision? You're nervous about it. You're scared about it. You don't know what to do about it. You can see. You can see me. You can see me, but you're nervous about it. Are, are you, is your drainage? Come here. I'll pray for you. But you're nervous, you're scared about the vision you're losing, and then also cancer somewhere in the abdominal area. You have cancer somewhere in the abdominal area. I want to pray for you. I could be wrong. Maybe I think I'm hearing from God and I'm not, okay? But if I am... I just want you to come down so I can pray for you. That's all. These, these young ladies right here, they're saying, hey, the, drain, the drainage in the throat, that's me. That's me. So now I'm asking, is there anyone here? Is it cancer in the abdominal? Where is it? Right here? Okay. What kind of cancer is it? Kidney. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone losing their vision, you're worried about it, you're afraid about it. You? Come here. You? Come here. I want to pray for you. Okay. I'm excited about praying for you. You've experienced so many miracles in your life. Probably won't even have to pray for you. You just coming down here. What is it? Your vision? In the name of Jesus. Why don't you guys all, all seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Just come real close. Just come real close. Put shoulder to shoulder. Because I feel like the Lord will just, here, come right here at the end. Why are you down here? Your vision? All right. Just extend your hands out to them, would you? You know, I find it very interesting. Listen to me, those of you that are down here. Look at me. Listen to me. And and listen to me out there. The Lord has been doing something. He just started doing this in my life about three months ago. Where something that you can't test. Like sometimes the Lord will heal somebody with a pain in their elbow. And they're able to go like this. And then all of a sudden the pain is gone. Which is awesome. But if the pain or the the healing needs to be in here, you can't really test it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a back where you can kind of move. You can't really test it. It's in here. Do you you know what I'm saying? Say yes. yes. But what the Lord's been doing is people have been feeling the virtue of God moving inside of them. And it's only been happening for the last three months, but it's been happening a lot. They can tell they're being healed. Because they know their body, they can tell something's going on. And so, 
I want you in the crowd, I want you to do one or two things. I want you to put your hands out and I want you to pray for these people. Or I want you to put your hands like this because you're the one who needs the healing. And I just want to find out. I just want to find out. Sometimes, sometimes like when the Lord healed the lepers, they didn't get healed until they walked away. And so that may happen with you. You may get healed the moment you walk out of here. But, but I just want to know if, if he does it right now. And you will know it. You will know it because you know your body and you know something's happening. Everybody, buddy, put your hands out like this. If you feel any sensation that you know is the Lord, a heat. So in the name of Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be healed and be made whole. Right now, in Jesus' name. I just want to, I just, I'm just curious. If you're new here, just know I'm learning, okay? God has only been using me with healings like this for the last couple of years. So I've got a lot to learn and I'm learning in front of you. And so if something doesn't happen, it's not God's fault. It's me just learning and I took a step and, and, and it was me and I missed it. And so just be patient with me, okay? I'm learning. Hopefully if you come back seven years from now, hopefully I'll be a little bit further along. But I'm just curious, would you go like this, just wave your hands, if you could feel the virtue of God in any way touching you? Because I'm just curious, if anything, I want you to go like this. Are you, put it over your head. One. Over your head, real high, please. One, two. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look around, everyone. If you're not waving your hands, I want you to look around because I want you to see what the Lord has done. Wave your hands. Please don't stop waving them because he, he deserves the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands down. If, 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 he did not, if you did not feel him touch you, put your hands down. But if you felt him touch you, then I want you to move your hands like this. Please don't stop. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 If you waved your hands at me, will you please, please, please don't forget to send me an email today. You have no idea how much it encourages me. I just told you I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying my best to hear from God for you. And, and sometimes I mess up. And, and so when I hear encouraging things that God really touched you, it encourages me so much. 
I, I want people that are, are new to church to see the hands. So let's testify. Raise your hands as high as you can if you're touched by the Lord. You know it. You know it. Just wave your hands all the way across the room. And, and everyone else, I want you to look around. Look at these hands. This is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did. We couldn't see him, but he did. He just moved around and touched people. Can we all just raise our hands and just all of us, all of us, let's just say, thank you, Jesus. 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 If you're in this room right now and you know, you know that if your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, you don't know where you would spend eternity. When we're all saying this prayer, I want you to mean it. But Celebration Church, let's all say this prayer so that they don't feel awkward saying it by themselves. And let's raise our voice for their behalf. Dear Jesus, I'm so sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I need your mercy to forgive me. Say that. I need your mercy to forgive me. And I need your grace to make me strong so I don't do anything again. Go ahead. And just so you know, as long as you're human, by the way, you're going to make mistakes. The important thing is, is you don't do what Adam did. Adam sinned and ran. Don't do that. If you sin. Say, Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I need it again. Are you with me? Let's give the Lord a standing ovation. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Please send me those emails. The whole staff has access to them and they lift us up, but they always end up coming to me. Some way, somehow, they end up coming to me and it encourages me. I love you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday.